Welcome to the Doc Washburn Show, the show that talks about what you actually care about. We stream live at noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, weekdays at DocWashburnShow.com. Minutes after each live stream is completed, the Doc Washburn Show podcast is available for download at all your favorite podcast platforms. The Doc Washburn Show is on Twitter and Facebook. You can email us at contact at DocWashburnShow.com. This is the 82nd episode of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. It's Monday, February 7th, 2022. Coming up in just a minute, why are they really trying to shut Joe Rogan down? But first, yes, I was fired by one of the biggest radio companies in America, Cumulus Media, simply because I refused their vaccine mandate. Yes, it's obvious the last U.S. presidential election was stolen. No, my old employer wouldn't allow me to say that on the radio. And yes, there's all kinds of evidence out there that a lot of people are having serious negative reactions to the vaccines. And yes, we must keep the January 6th political prisoners in our prayers. So this is a really different kind of talk show. We're unmasked, uncensored, and unfiltered. If you would like to support what we do, go to our website, docwashburnshow.com, and click on the button that says Become a Patron. Okay, coming up, I have been asked to speak tomorrow evening to the Saline County, Arkansas Republican Women's Club, and I'm really looking forward to that. It's a great honor. I'll be, among other things, introducing my friend, the next congressman for Central Arkansas, Colonel Conrad Reynolds, If you're in Central Arkansas, you can join us Tuesday evening at 6 at 125 North Market Street in Benton, the Saline County Republican headquarters. And it's it's such a thrill. It hasn't been too many years since Arkansas, especially Saline County, was just completely controlled by the Democrat Party. And that has gone in exactly the opposite direction. So looking forward to that tomorrow night, Tuesday night, 6 p.m., Saline County Republican Headquarters, 125 North Market in Benton. Uh, With my friend, the next congressman from Central Arkansas, Colonel Conrad Reynolds. Also, on Tuesday's program, We'll be interviewing the number one New York Times bestselling author of Profiles in Corruption and Clinton Cash, Peter Schweitzer, about his new book, Red-Handed, How American Elites Get Rich Helping China Win. Now, Mr. Schweitzer says this is the uh, scariest investigation he's ever conducted. So we're looking forward to interviewing Peter Schweitzer uh, tomorrow, and it's a great honor that he's willing to come on the program with us. Okay, a lot of stuff has come out over the weekend. I've seen video of Howard Stern back when Clarence Thomas was going through the confirmation process for the United States Supreme Court. Howard Stern in blackface mocking Clarence Thomas because he's black. I mean, just total racist, total racist. I've seen video of Joe Biden saying the N-word over and over again. 
But that's okay. That's okay. But Joe Rogan, apparently somebody put together a uh, an edited video of all the times he said the N-word in 12 years over his podcast. He says completely taken out of context. So Joe Rogan likes the Obamas. Joe Rogan was a supporter of Bernie Sanders. So what makes him different than other liberals? Like Howard Stern, like Joe Biden, like Jimmy Kimmel, like Ted Danson. All these other folks that can say racist things. They can do the blackface. Why are they going after Joe Rogan? Well, one of the most obvious reasons is that he's willing to listen to people like Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. Robert Malone, who have a different point of view than the establishment, than the ruling elites on the Wu flu, on the China virus. That's the most obvious reason to people who are paying attention. But I think I've come up with another reason. There is a very popular guy named Jordan Peterson. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Jordan Peterson has been on the uh, Joe Rogan show more than once. He's a clinical psychologist from Canada. When he first started coming on Joe Rogan's podcast a few years ago, he's an atheist. And now he's a person of faith. What happened with Jordan Peterson? That's the kind of thing that uh, is of interest to people. And so recently, Jordan Peterson did a long podcast with Joe Rogan. And he said some rather remarkable things. Now, remember... A lot of the people who watch the Joe Rogan podcast may be conservative. A lot may be liberal. A lot may think of themselves as middle of the road. There's certainly some people of faith that will watch the Joe Rogan podcast, but a lot of very secular people. Uh, A lot of people watch the Joe Rogan podcast that are nowhere near being considered people of faith. A lot of atheists watch uh, Joe Rogan podcast. So recently, Jordan Peterson was on the Joe Rogan podcast and talked about faith and talked about God and talked about the Bible. 
And the Joe Rogan podcast is a very unusual place to hear someone discuss these topics in a benign manner. Hasn't been too many months ago that Joe Rogan himself was slamming the Christian faith and expressing his total and profound ignorance of what Christianity is all about. So I think there's more than one reason that they're trying to cancel Joe Rogan. I think it goes beyond him allowing Dr. Malone and Dr. McCullough to get the truth out about the Wu flu, about the China virus. I think, and again, for people who have ears to hear, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against spiritual powers and principalities in high places. I don't know whether Joe Rogan realizes it or not, but there is a great spiritual battle going on here in high places. And if you think I'm all wet on this, allow me to share with you what Jordan Peterson told Joe Rogan recently, recently, right before everything came down on Joe Rogan, Here's what Joe Rogan allowed to go on his podcast in late January, just a few days ago. Moses leads his people out of the tyranny, right? But weirdly enough, they don't go to the promised land. This is very weird. They go into the desert. Well, why? Well, we're all, say, prisoners of our own tyrannical misconceptions and misperceptions, psychologically and socially. So let's say we, we free ourselves from those. Well, then we're nowhere. At least we were guided by that. That's why people have nostalgia for tyranny. It's like at least we had enough to eat then. At least we knew who we were then. It's like out of the tyrant's grasp into the desert. And so you think, why don't people want to challenge their own preconceptions? It's like, yeah, it's out of the tyranny into the desert. And the worse the tyranny the worse the desert. So if you've been tormenting yourself with tyrannical preconceptions and totalitarian obligations and you decide to drop it, or maybe you're shocked out of that by trauma, you don't go to paradise. You go to the desert. Maybe that's even worse. So no wonder people don't do it. So now the Israelites are out in the desert. You think, why are they there for 40 years? And maybe it's because it takes three generations to recover from tyranny. You're in the desert, man. And so... The Israelites start worshipping idols. It's ideology. It's the same thing. And that's why, because they don't have anything to orient themselves, because they're not tyrannized anymore, and they get all fractious, and they fight with themselves, and Moses has to sit, spend, like, all day judging their conflicts, because otherwise they're at each other's throats. And anyways, they turn to false idols. So God isn't very happy about this, and he sends poisonous snakes in there to bite them. So it's like... <laughs> out of the tyranny, into the desert. Now we're fractured by ideologies. Now the poisonous snakes come. And so the poisonous snakes are biting them and biting them and <laughs> biting them. And they finally break down and go to Moses and say, look, you want to have a chat with 
God and get him to call off the damn snakes. And Moses says, okay. And so he goes and talks to God. And God says, this is weird. This is one of those impossibly weird stories. You think this is either insane or it's true. Because that's the only options. It's not boring. It's not predictable. It's either insane or it's true. Okay. And maybe we could start by thinking it's insane, but whatever. Moses talks to God, and God God could just call off the snakes, right? That's what you'd expect him to do, but that isn't what happens. He says, go make an image of a snake in bronze and make an image of a stick, a staff, and put the snake on the staff and then stick it in the ground and then have the Israelites go and look at the snake and then the snakes won't bite them anymore. So, so the snake, you the have staff. to go look on the snake. Yes. Okay. Here's the doctrine from all fields of psychotherapy. Okay. Look at what you're terrified of, and you will get braver. So the, the classic therapeutic treatment for terror, and the poisoning that terror induces is exposure, voluntary exposure. exposure. Yeah. Okay, so, so the, the, the pattern there is, Face face what you're face what you're most afraid of, right. and you will be free. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Voluntarily. Yeah. Now that's a doctrine of psychotherapy. Now. Right. Okay. So now that's weird. That's mm. weird. So God doesn't chase away the snakes. He makes everyone braver. Mm. Okay, because that's better than being safe. Bravery is better than safety. It's a more reliable cure for terror. Okay. Now that's cool, but this is even more cool. In the Gospels, Christ says that he has to be lifted up like the serpent in the desert. You think, what the hell does that possibly mean? Because, well, that's a snake first on a stick. And Christ is comparing himself to a snake on a stick? Okay, so what is this? What can this possibly mean? Well, I was thinking about that in relationship to imagery of the crucifix and the story that surrounds it. So Jung thought that the passion story was archetypal because it's a limit story, like this <laughs> this debate at Oxford. You cannot write a more tragic story. It's impossible. Technically. Why? Well, because it's a story of the aggregation of everything that people are afraid of. So, there was no death more painful than crucifixion. That's why the Romans invented it. It was to punish political miscreants. It was a slow, agonizing death by suffocation essentially, and, and, and dehydration and exposure. It's extraordinarily painful. Okay, so that sucks. That's pain, man. Plus, you know it's coming. That's part of the story. Plus, your best friend betrayed you into it. Plus, your people turned against you. Plus, they're led by a tyrant who doubts truth. Plus, you're a victim of the Roman Empire. Plus, you're completely innocent. Plus, everybody knows it. Plus, they... They choose a criminal to be released from this experience instead of you, even though they know he's a criminal and they know you're innocent. So, and you're young, and you've done no wrong, and all you've done is help people. So it's a limit story. Okay, so then you think, we've been looking at that limit story for 2,000 years in the image and in the story. What are we doing? Well, you're supposed to visit the stations of the cross, let's say. Okay, here's the idea. You hear the crucifixion story, and you play with it. Who are you? Maybe if you're female, you're Mary, and why is that? It's the Pieta. 
because you have to offer your children to the destruction of the world. That's female courage. That's the mother that doesn't hold her child back. It's like, go out to what? Eventually your death and destruction. Go out. Leave me. Be in the world. That's feminine courage, man, to let her baby go. You're a pilot. You doubt truth. But you're, you'll go along with the crowd. You're Judas because you betray your best friend. You're the mob. You're the criminal. All of that, that's you. You look on all those things that you hate and are terrified by. That's like, that's not a snake. It's like the worst of all possible snakes everywhere. That's what you're looking at. What do you see? You see death, you see destruction, pain, terror, tyranny, frailty, betrayal. Look harder. Look harder. Look harder. What do you see? The death and resurrection. You look far enough into the abyss, you see the light. Wow. What do you see? You see the death and resurrection. You look far enough into the abyss and you see the light. So I, I think that um, I think they're trying to take Joe Rogan down, not just because, not just because he's allowing the truth to get out about the Wu flu. I think there's something much bigger going on here. Um, You notice in that seven-plus-minute video I played for you, about halfway through, Joe Rogan asked one question. I think he was a spellbound by what Jordan Peterson was saying, as any of the rest of us. I think he was hearing things he'd never heard before. I really do. And I believe that, uh, again, For those who have ears to hear, there's a spiritual battle going on here. There's a spiritual battle going on here. Now, the video I played was a clip that a user put together and put up, threw up on YouTube. The next one's shorter, less than five minutes long is actually from the official Joe Rogan Experience channel on YouTube. She, we, we keep on hearing, oh, he's exclusively on Spotify. No, he's still got a channel on YouTube. And he puts, he puts clips from his shows on his channel on YouTube. 
So the fact that Joe, the Joe Rogan Experience official YouTube channel posted what I'm about to play for you, a clip entitled Jordan Peterson's Realization About the Bible. It's just remarkable. Again, not too many months ago, Joe Rogan was ranting and raving about how stupid the idea of Christianity is. And to watch his rant a few months ago about Christianity, for anybody who knew anything about Christianity, was to realize that he was ranting and raving about something that he had no understanding of whatsoever. And now somehow, by the grace of God, this psychologist, Jordan Peterson, who first came on Joe Rogan's podcast a few years ago as an atheist, is now a person of faith. And Joe Rogan is not only stunned, but he's putting this out here for all to see, for all to hear what Jordan Peterson is now saying about the Bible. The video clip I just played for you, again, was something that a, a listener put together. It didn't doesn't have that many views. The one I'm about to play for you has over 3.6 million views. from the Joe Rogan Experience official channel on YouTube. And I got to tell you, just as an aside, just for what it's worth, we are in the process, unless there's divine intervention, of this formerly great country descending into totalitarianism, descending into dictatorship. And the Christian faith is always, always, always a threat to those who would want to control us. Because we answer to a higher authority. So keep that in mind. Hear from the official Joe Rogan Experience YouTube channel a video entitled Jordan Peterson's Realization About the Bible. The Joe Rogan Experience. If categories dissolve, especially fundamental ones, the culture is dissolving. Because the culture is a structure of category. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Right. So, and in fact, culture is, a stra- culture is a structure of category that we all share. So we see th- things the same way. Well, that's why we can talk. I mean, not exactly the same way, because then we'd have nothing to talk about. But roughly speaking, we have a bedrock of agreement. Uh, that's the Bible, by the way. So I just walked through the Museum of the Bible in Washington. That was very cool. It's a very cool museum. So the structure, that's what the Bible Yeah, that's what provides. I figured out. I've been, I just figured this out this week. 
so it was a cool it was a cool thing to walk through because it's it's chronological they have one floor which is the history of the bible Mm. But it's not exactly that. It's really what it is, is the history of the book. Now, in many ways, the first book was the Bible. I mean, literally, because at one point there was only one book, like as far as our Western culture is concerned, there was one book. And for a while, literally, there was only one book, and that book was the Bible. And then before it was the Bible, it was, a, you know, it was scrolls, and it was writings on papyrus. And, but it was, we were starting to aggregate written text together. And it went through all sorts of technological transformations, and then it became books that everybody could buy, the book everybody could buy, and the first one of those was the Bible. And then it became all sorts of books that everybody could buy. But all those books, in some sense, emerged out of that underlying book. And that book itself, the Bible isn't a book, it's a library. It's a collection of books. And so what I figured out was, partly because I was talking to my brother-in-law, Jim Keller, who's the world's greatest chip designer and has now designed a chip that's as powerful as the human brain, which is optimized for artificial intelligence learning, by the way. And so I talked to him about that. He said, you heard of the Internet? I said, yeah, Jim, I've heard of the Internet. He said, this is way more revolutionary than that. So in any case, we were talking about meaning in text because we were talking about translation and the problem of understanding text. And Jim said... The meaning of words is coded in the relationship of the words to one another. And the postmodernists make that case that all meaning is derived from the relationship between words. That's wrong because, well, what about rage? That's not words. And what about moving your hand? That's not words. So it's wrong, but, but part of it's right because the meaning we derive from the verbal domain is encoded in the relationship between words. So... So now then you think, well, let's think about the relationship between words. Well, some words are dependent on other words. Some ideas are dependent on other ideas. The more ideas are dependent on a given idea, the more fundamental that idea is. By de- that's a definition of fundamental. So now imagine you have an aggregation of texts in a civilization. You say, which are the fundamental texts? And the answer is, the texts upon which most other texts depend. And so you'd put Shakespeare way in there in English because so many texts are dependent on Shakespeare's literary revelations. And Milton would be in that category, and Dante would be in that category, at least in translation. Fundamental authors, part of the Western canon, not because of the arbitrary dictates of power, but because those texts influenced more other texts. And then you think about that as a hierarchy, okay, with the Bible at its base, which is certainly the case. Now imagine that's the entire corpus of, ling- of linguistic production, all things considered. Now how do you understand that? Like, literally, how do you understand that? The answer is, you sample it by reading and listening to stories and listening to people talk. You sample that whole domain. You build a low-resolution representation of that in your, inside you. And then you listen and see through that. And so it isn't that the Bible is true. It's that the Bible is the precondition for the manifestation of truth, which makes it way more true than just true. It's a whole different kind of true. And I think this is is not only literally the case, factually, I think it can't be any other way. It's the only way we can solve the problem of perception. Okay, what does it tell you 
What does it tell you that Joe Rogan allowed that to go on his official YouTube channel? It's not that the Bible is just true. It's the the Bible is the precondition for understanding truth. It's much more than just true. How many people heard that and went, what on earth? People who've never picked up a Bible before. I think that what they're trying to do to Joe Rogan is much bigger than just being upset about the vaccines and the mandates. There's a spiritual component here that is so much bigger. So much bigger. So pray for Joe Rogan and pray for Jordan Peterson because, again, in this clip that I just played for you, I think Joe Rogan had one question, and it was a very sincere, polite question. The same guy who just a few months ago was just railing on Christianity, just going off on it, and and clearly understood nothing about it. So here's this guy, Jordan Peterson, explaining scriptural truths to Joe Rogan. And they're very powerful forces who can't allow that to happen. And they'll do whatever they can to try to shut them down. Something to think about. And so, obviously, If you haven't yet watched Joe Rogan's interview with Jordan Peterson, that's something you'll want to do very soon. Remarkable. What's the quote from the the great Christian author C.S. Lewis about how he sees he sees the world through the eyes of the Bible? I bet I could find it real quick. C.S. Lewis quote. Um, sees the world. I bet I bet I could find it real quick. Let's see. Maybe this is it. Okay. Oh, there there are a bunch of them. Oh, okay.
Here's a good one. Has this world been so kind to you that you should leave with regret? There are better things ahead than any we leave behind. Here's another one. We're not living in a world where all roads are radii of a circle and where all, if followed long enough, will therefore draw gradually nearer and finally meet at the center. Rather, in a world where every road, after a few miles, forks in two, and each of those into two again at each fork, you must make a decision. Ain't that the truth? He said, if I find in myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. You ever think about that? Miracles are a retelling in small letters of the very same story which is written across the whole world in letters too large for some of us to see. How about that? Here's another one. If you read history, you will find that the Christians who did most for the present world were precisely those who thought most of the next. It is since Christians have largely ceased to think of the other world that they have become so ineffective in this world. Yeah. So, Jordan Peterson is doing some deep thinking there. The the, the kind of thinking that reminds one of C.S. Lewis, if you're familiar with him. He wrote the uh, Chronicles of Narnia. He wrote Mere Christianity. He wrote the Screwtape Letters. One of the things that I remember from C.S. Lewis from many years ago was when he said that um, time is a concept that we never can quite become fully comfortable with. We're always running late or the years fly by but the days drag on. We never quite become completely comfortable with the concept of time. And Lewis said that it's because we weren't designed to live in time. We were designed to live in eternity with God. And so time is a concept that we just have to kind of try to uh, deal with as best we can while we have to deal with it. Because eventually we'll go on to what we were meant for. You know what I'm saying? 
So just a just a thought. Just a thought. Let me uh, let me share with you. We're so blessed to have some advertisers, and we're thankful for them. And it's time to share with you the first one for today. If you've tried to buy a car recently, you realize there's such a chip shortage that you may have a hard time finding what you're looking for. People I know have actually bought vehicles from hundreds of miles away from where they live. That's where Red River Your Way comes in. Red River Your Way is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom. The freedom to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV the way you want to. That's one freedom they believe in. You can buy online and they'll drive it to you no matter where you are in the continental United States. Red River Your Way wants to make your car buying experience as easy and transparent as possible. That's why they've added technology to their website that puts you in complete control of your payment options and allows you to complete the entire purchase process online. But don't worry, Red River experts are still here to help you every step of the way if you have any questions. Red River Your Way makes it so easy. As you browse their selection, you'll see each vehicle has a button that says Explore Payment Options on it. Clicking that button guides you through a few easy questions that then create personalized payment options that you have full control over. All you have to do is adjust your preferences, and all the math happens automatically so you can figure out what monthly payment works best for your budget. Red River Your Way makes car buying online easy. Your whole car buying process is completely transparent. If you want to buy a new car, truck, van or SUV, new or pre-owned, either way, order online from the nationwide car dealer that believes in freedom. The dealer that will deliver your vehicle to your front door no matter where you live. RedRiverYourWay.com. You'll be glad you did. Now let me just mention something else before we, before we go back into our content because we uh, went a lot longer today before we got to our first advertiser. We talk a lot about the fact that those in control of our government are always trying to take more and more of our freedom away. So here's the question. Did Obamacare... The so-called Affordable Care Act make your health care more expensive. Does your health insurance premium feel like a second mortgage? Does your sky-high deductible prevent you from going to the doctor? Do your sky-high co-pays keep you from going to the doctor? Now, if you answered yes to any of those questions, the website you need to go to. It's called MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. When you click on MyFamilyHealthPlan.com, you see the big, bold words, affordable plans. Save 30 to 50% on premiums. Personalized health coverage. Low to no deductible. No copays. And then the big red button says schedule call now. You click that button. 
you book a free consultation with my friend Art Wilborn. We'll make sure there are no gaps in your coverage. And and he'll also, also make sure that you get a personalized plan, unlike a lot of the Obamacare plans, will not force you to cover horrible things like abortion that would violate your deeply held religious beliefs. Again, the website is myfamilyhealthplan.com. Affordable plans save 30 to 50% on premiums, personalized health coverage, low to no deductible, no co-pays. Just click the red button, schedule call now. And my friend Art Wilborn will make sure there are no gaps in your coverage. Save money on your insurance at myfamilyhealthplan.com. You'll be glad you did. All right, very good. Very good. I hope uh, I hope that you will keep Joe Rogan and Jordan Peterson in your prayers, and I hope that you will go watch the whole thing. Go watch the whole thing. You know what? I I think I think I found what I was looking for. Because I shared with you several pretty good quotes from C. S. Lewis that Jordan Peterson reminded me of, but but here's the one. Here's the one. C. S. Lewis said, I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun has risen, not only because I see it, but because by it I see everything else. Can I give you one more, please? To be a Christian means to forgive the inexcusable because God has forgiven the inexcusable in you. Again, I just think it's a miracle that we've gone just a few months from Joe Rogan ranting and raving about how stupid he thinks Christianity is and clearly knew nothing about it to being quiet and listening to Jordan Peterson explain to him how The Bible is so much more than true. It's so much more than just true. It, it, it creates the foundation by which we understand truth. And Joe Rogan's just sitting there taking it all in. So, of course they're trying to shut him up. Do you have any idea how many millions of people watch each Joe Rogan podcast? And, you know, 
then uh, try to shut out the light because they do evil things in darkness and they don't want the light shining on their darkness. That's not too hard to understand, is it? I don't think it should be. Remarkable transformation we've seen in uh, Jordan Peterson. Just a few years ago, an atheist, and now confessing his faith in Christ. I wonder if we'll see a similar transformation in Joe Rogan. I don't know. I don't know. All right. Um, we mentioned Dr. Malone. <clears throat> Dr. Malone is now stating that the Defense Department is deleting data from its database to cover up damages done by the vaccines. Wow. Thomas Renz is the lawyer who's suing to promote medical freedom and has the data from several whistleblowers working for the government showing many more than we're being told have been hurt and died from the so-called vaccines. The whistleblowers gave data from the Medicare and Medicaid system and the Defense Department system. I got a short little video here, just a little over two minutes. In this video, Dr. Malone says he's seen at least some of the data that Thomas Wren's attorney has, and it shows how the Defense Department has been deleting records to obviously cover up any evidence of wrongdoing. Attorney Renz has already stated to Ron Johnson, United States Senator, Wisconsin, he has records from before this started, when it started, and current records that prove the timeline for all this and the results. He also stated he has this information in several locations around the country, so there's no way the info can magically disappear. This is remarkable. The DOD apparently is claiming it was a glitch that caused all this. If true, why did the data start getting removed after it was discovered that Attorney Thomas Renz had it? Let's, uh, a little over two minutes long, let's check this out on BitChute. Thomas Renz, a lawyer who I've actually went with me to testify to the uh, Orthodox Jews. Again, this is Dr. Malone. Um, so we've known each other for quite a while now. Um, apparently had three D Department of Defense whistleblowers come forward. And they had data mined uh, the, DO the DOD health database, which is extensive. It's one of the best in, in the United States. You know, there's a lot of barriers to acquiring detailed information on you and me as civilians you know, the HIPAA Act and all that kind of stuff. But that doesn't apply to Department of Defense personnel. So they have detailed granular records. And plus, you know, if you're in the DOD, if you're a warfighter and you go to the dock, it's a DOD dock. Okay, so all that information is really well characterized. 
And these three, apparently, I've just skimmed the data. Thomas, you know, had his laptop open and showed me some of the things that are popping up. They pulled a massive amount of data out of the DOD databases and then did a whistleblower complaint. And Ron Johnson now has extended uh, Senate protection to them formally as whistleblowers. So they came to Thomas Rents with this information. And from what I saw, now this is preliminary, we haven't dissected it yet, but at the top level, I thought it was mind-blowing. I saw it as well. The um, numbers were... The, the, the information about miscarriages, the information about cancers, which is validating what Ryan Cole has been concerned about. Neurological disease. Neurologic disease. And the stillbirths um, is, is there. And, uh, and apparently, according to Thomas, there's these uh, brave whistleblowers have captured um, examples and information with the cardiac events, for instance, mm-hmm. of the Department of Defense. Actually, whoever's doing this, the data management is going in and actively deleting cases, manipulating the database. I mean, what are we supposed to think? You know, I mean, what are we supposed to think? But I've read that things that are whispered in in darkness in the inner rooms will eventually be shattered from the housetops. You know? I've read that. It's in the Word. It it, it all comes out eventually. It all comes out eventually. By the way, by the way, a guy named uh, Dave Portnoy over at uh, Barstool Sports has a big expose out on the people that are trying to take down uh, Rogan. And... uh, The fact that they've kind of played fast and loose with the N-word themselves. Just just thought I'd throw that out there. Just thought I'd throw that out there. So Stacey Abrams over the weekend um, took a picture of herself with a classroom full of little kids all wearing masks, and she's not wearing a mask. You notice how often politicians do this? They want five-year-olds wearing masks, but they don't have to wear masks. I'm old enough to remember a few months ago, for my Arkansas listeners, I'm old enough to remember a few months ago a picture of uh, an event at an elementary school in Little Rock, Arkansas, something about 
Bicycles for Kids. And smiling broadly with no masks, clumped together very closely, a lot more close than six feet. You have the governor of Arkansas, Asa Hutchinson. We call him asymptomatic Asa. You have the rhino congressman from central Arkansas, French Hill. Yeah, the school superintendent, Michael Poor. Yeah, the mayor of Little Rock, the socialist, Frank Scott Jr., all smiling broadly, no masks. You had these little sad-looking five-year-olds in front of them all having to wear masks. Talk about being in a bubble. Oh, by the way, Obama is having a mansion built for himself and Michelle on the beach in Hawaii. You ever think about this, uh, all these lib politicians who keep on saying that climate change is going to devastate and the sea's going to rise, but they all live on the beach. Anyway, picture came out of Obama yesterday. All the workmen are having to wear the masks, and he's standing there with no mask on. Because, of course, he's better than them. And he doesn't have to. What? Oh, man, yeah. Maybe he was like the, the mayor of L.A. He held his breath. <laughs> That's what the mayor of L.A. said the other day when the picture came out of... Uh, of him and Magic Johnson. Now, Magic Johnson is overweight. He's, uh, you know, immunocompromised there with the uh, with the HIV. And all these guys, the mayor of L.A., governor of California, everybody at the football game, Recently, buddying up with Magic Johnson. No masks. So, I mean, if they're really worried about catching COVID or whatever, they wouldn't be doing this stuff. You know that. They wouldn't. But they're not. But they're not. It's always been about control. It's always been about politics. It's never been about the science. It's never been about your health. Now reports out of Israel, the vast majority of the deceased are vaccinated. They have seemingly gone through immune erosion. We must gather more data and then decide what to do. This is official state television out of Israel. I mean, I would play it for you, but, you know, it's, they're speaking in Hebrew, so you won't understand 
what they're saying. Remarkable, isn't it? Remarkable. I want to go to the, the great John Hayward over at Breitbart who puts out so much wisdom in his threats on Twitter. And he says, the Wuhan coronavirus arrived just as people across the free world were losing trust in the integrity and competence of their elites. The pandemic response richly justified that loss of trust, but also gave the ruling class what it needed to strike back and subdue the masses. After the endless pandemic debacles, people have less faith in so-called experts and institutions than ever before, but it doesn't matter. Your faith is no longer required. In the never-ending state of emergency, you are not allowed to disobey decrees or vote against those who enforce them. You'll still be allowed to vote on some peripheral issues, swapping out a few politicians now and then for choices from a pre-screened, pre-approved stable of alternates, but you will not be allowed to vote against or disobey a growing core of untouchable bureaucracy. And once you can no longer vote against something, the elite see no reason to allow you to continue talking about it. They'll tell you the science is settled, consensus has been reached, progress has been made, further discussion is wasteful and dangerous. Ideological necrophilia. What you see today across the Western world, but especially in the UK and North America, is the ruling class establishing that it can never be held accountable for coronavirus errors, no matter how foolish or damaging they were, and unquestioning obedience remains mandatory. Everything the pandemic turbocharged managerial elites are doing, including prancing around without masks while the little people are forced to cover their faces, is meant to send the message And the message is no apologies, no accountability, no power will be ceded, no return to normal. You will be made to perform constant rituals to signal you accept the infallible wisdom and absolute authority of the elite, even though everything they do is an utter disaster. You will admit that you are not qualified to judge them or disobey. You will give them more money. So we arrive at a moment when people trust the state and its supporting institutions less than ever. And yet there's no question the state will grow larger, richer, and more powerful, facing less competition and allowing less room for disobedience and dissent. Well, you know, that's, that's the way it looks like it's going but again, that's how it looked like it was going six years ago. And a lot of people in the United States prayed for God's grace and mercy. 
and we were spared a Hillary Clinton presidency. So I'm here to tell you, it's not a bad idea to keep praying for our country. On the off chance that perhaps once again God would spare us from getting what we so richly deserve. You know? Um, we do a national live stream slash podcast on any given day, 60 to 70% of the people listening in are from outside the state of Arkansas where I currently reside. But sometimes we have Arkansas stories that I think are a microcosm of what's going on in the rest of the country, and, and so we discuss. And um, so again, for the folks in central Arkansas, I, I just want to remind you to, uh, to join us tomorrow evening if you can, I'm going to be speaking and introducing my friend, Colonel Conrad Reynolds, who I believe is going to be the next congressman from uh, central Arkansas. And that would be a huge political explosion because there's this rhino congressman, French Hill, who's been in office now for over seven years, a guy who said that uh, that Donald Trump's rhetoric leading up to January 6th was unforgivable, a guy who said that uh, uh, it's uh, a, a fa- fantasy and a fallacy that landslide election was stolen from Donald Trump, a guy who voted to keep Liz Cheney in Republican House leadership after, after she voted to impeach Donald Trump and said she was an outstanding conservative. A guy who voted for Pelosi's January 6th commission, a guy who voted $450 million to strengthen the national vaccination database so they keep track of all of us. This guy. This guy. So I just, uh, <laughs> uh, timing is, is amazing. I just got a comment here on the Podbean app. Somebody saying, Doc, did you see where Sarah is supporting French Hill? Oh, yes. Sarah Huckabee Sanders endorses French Hill. And that's why I said the other day that she stabbed Donald Trump in the back because French Hill hates Donald Trump. French Hill says Donald Trump is lying by saying the election was stolen. French Hill blames any violence that happened at the U.S. Capitol on January 6th on Donald Trump. 
And Sarah Huckabee Sanders endorses this guy? And people are shocked because it didn't occur to a lot of people. And on her Facebook page, she has hundreds, hundreds of comments responding to her endorsement of French Hill saying, what are you doing? And people are shocked because they had decided to support Sarah because she was Donald Trump's White House press secretary. Got a comment here. Wondered if she was going to be like her dad, and now we have that answer. Yeah. Well, of course. But the pathway has been cleared for her to be next Republican governor because whoever wins the Republican nomination for governor of Arkansas is going to be the next governor doesn't matter who the Democrats put up. This is a red state. And so now some people are saying, well, then somebody needs to challenge Sarah. If she's going to endorse John Bozeman over Jan Morgan, if she's going to endorse French Hill over Conrad Reynolds, then she's not a conservative. And how will she be any different than Asa Hutchinson or her dad? And I know she's got $12 million and thinks she's untouchable. But people are actually saying, well, will someone please challenge her in the primary? And who knows, maybe someone will. Maybe someone will. But it would take, you know, with all the money that she has rolled up in this gubernatorial campaign, it would uh, it would take a miracle to overcome that twelve million. But I got to tell you, you know, I look at her Facebook page and the responses when she's endorsing. U.S. Senator John Bozeman over Jan Morgan or U.S. Representative French Hill over Conrad Reynolds. And let's face it, Bozeman and French Hill are both rhinos. They both blamed Trump for January 6th. So what kind of loyalty is that? You know, Trump gave Sarah a job, and now she's endorsing people who don't like Trump, uh, to put it mildly. I mean, 
She even endorsed this 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 Rhino State Senator Breanne Davis, who turns up on the wrong side of most votes. You know. So some people are saying, well, somebody needs to challenge Sarah Huckabee Sanders in the gubernatorial primary. See, Lieutenant Governor Tim Griffin was supposed to be the next governor. But once he saw how much money she, Sarah rolled up, he said, you know, I could, I'm a lawyer. I could run for attorney general and got the Trump endorsement and got him out of the way. Leslie Rutledge was going to run for governor. She was running for governor for quite some time. Now she's running for lieutenant governor, our current attorney general. So the way has been cleared for Sarah. And I think everybody was excited because, okay, well, here's Trump's press secretary, and she'll govern like Trump. And now people are shocked and horrified. that she's endorsing people like John Bozeman, like French Hill, like Brianne Davis, that she happily accepted the endorsement of the current governor, Asa Hutchinson. Asa Hutchinson, who vetoed the bill to protect minor children from sterilization. from hormone blockers, from chemical or surgical castration. That is Hutchinson. Sarah didn't have a problem accepting his endorsement. He should be a pariah. He, he should have been kicked out of the Republican Party. But he wasn't. I made that point at the... Uh, Pulaski County Republican Party Taco Tuesday meeting in early December. I said, look, um, the Republican Party of Wyoming has censured Liz Cheney for two things. One, she keeps criticizing Donald Trump, and two, she keeps uh, refusing to show up for county Republican meetings in Wyoming. So they censured her. I said, well, your governor has done a lot worse than that. He vetoed a bill to protect minor children from being sterilized, from being castrated. Why haven't you censured him? So who knows? But all you have to do is go to Sarah Huckabee Sanders' Facebook page and look at the responses to her endorsements of Rhino French Hill and Rhino John Bozeman. And people are hot. People who were excited about Sarah's candidacy are going, wait a minute, i got to rethink this now. But will anybody challenge her? In the gubernatorial 
primary? We'll see. We'll see. You know, one of the reasons that I had prayed for years off and on, asking God to open the door for me to have a national platform, is that I am blessed to have knowledge of the best-kept secret in American health care. And I've been wanting to get this word out to the whole country for years and years. So let me tell you what I'm talking about. Do you have migraines? Do you have neck pain? Vertigo? Back pain? Okay, look in the mirror. Does one eye look bigger than the other? Are your eyes off balance? Are your shoulders off balance? Look at a picture of yourself. Do you lean to one side or the other instead of standing up straight or sitting up straight? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, you probably need to get your atlas adjusted. That's how I got rid of my neck pain, my migraines, for that matter, my hay fever, which is a real shock because I didn't expect that to go away. Let me tell you how it works. Your skull weighs anywhere from 8 to 15 pounds. It rests on the top bone of your spinal column, the atlas, the C1, which only weighs 2 ounces. So it's really easy for your atlas to get out of alignment. If it does, your whole spinal column can get kinked up like a chain, restricting your central nervous system's ability to send impulses to the rest of your body. It can affect your respiratory system, your reproductive system, your digestive system, your circulatory system, and yes, it can cause migraines, neck pain, back pain, vertigo. Do yourself a favor. If you're in central Arkansas, call my friends at the Arkansas Upper Cervical Center, 501-279-2009 for a free consultation to see if you need to get your atlas adjusted. If you're outside central Arkansas, Go to their website, turnmypoweron.com. Click the tab that says find a doctor near you to see if you can find somebody near you who can adjust your atlas and allow your body to heal itself. Turnmypoweron.com. You'll be glad you did. Before I get back to content, For those of my listeners in Arkansas, I just want to say a word about my friend Justin Minton, M-I-N-T-O-N, Minton and Benton. Justin is a former insurance adjuster who left the insurance industry to become a private lawyer. He founded the Minton Law Firm to help injured people fight against powerful insurance companies and corporations, and he sure helped me out when I was in two automobile accidents in 2019. Now he's helping me out. In the automobile accident I had in December of 2021. The Minton Law Firm has a great team of lawyers, including the 2016 Trial Lawyer of the Year and the 2016 Outstanding Young Lawyer of the Year. The insurance companies take Justin Minton and his team of lawyers seriously because they know they can and will take your case to trial if need be. So whether you want to go to trial or settle out of court, it's a really good idea to have a knowledgeable trial attorney on your side. 
Justin's team aims to bring justice to clients who've been injured and need somebody to stand up for them. No matter what the injury, Justin Minton, make sure the Minton Law Firm always works hard for you. Whether you're in a car wreck or in the job or you are a loved one that's suffering from the carelessness of another, Justin Minton Law, M-I-N-T-O-N, Minton and Benton, is here to help you. Just call the Minton Law Firm, 501-943-4195 or visit JustinMintonLaw.com today. He's been a big help to me. I bet he could be a big help to you. Oh, good. Okay, Uh, Jan Morgan. Jan Morgan, who is challenging Rhino U.S. Senator John Bozeman for the United States Senate in the Republican primary, is going to be having an event in Cabot, Arkansas, Tomorrow night at 6, the overlook at the uh, Cypress Creek in Cabot. Those of you in the uh, Lono County area. All right. That having been said, there's so much more. There's so much more. The... um. The great David Horowitz over at The Blaze... There's a new article out. The Pentagon's response to the explosive DOD medical data is an even bigger story than the data. David Horowitz, pardon me, Daniel Horowitz, Daniel Horowitz. I get them confused sometimes. They're both great. Daniel Horowitz at The Blaze has a habit of breaking stories that are so important. And he says this morning over at the blaze, one thing is clear about the revelation of the 2021 military epidemiological data and the military's response to it. There is undoubtedly a public health and national security crisis in the military, and the Pentagon's reaction only seems to be concerned with exonerating the vaccine, not fixing its own alleged problem. It's now certain, and I think we alluded to this earlier on the show today, it's now certain that the military's health surveillance system, called DMED, showed a massive increase in sickness and injury diagnoses in 2021 over previous years, particularly in the neurological, cardiovascular, oncological, and reproductive health categories. The military, in a very terse and cryptic statement to PolitiFact last week, admitted as much, but claimed without any further explanation that the data in the system accessed by several military doctors working with Attorney Thomas Renz was only a fraction of the true numbers that existed. In the words of the Pentagon spokesman, it was a glitch in the database. Now, we did allude to this earlier 
with Dr. Malone's little two-minute video. But this is more detail, and, and you need it. Daniel Harwood says, where those true numbers existed, why they weren't in the system for five years, that exactly, of what exactly was in the system, and why the 2021 numbers were accurate, according to the DOD account, remain a mystery. However, one by one, the military public health officials have been adding back random numbers to the 2016 through 2020 codes. I'm told by Attorney Thomas Renz and two of the whistleblowers that throughout the past week, they have queried the same data again, and in most of the ICD categories, they have found that the numbers from 2016 through 2020 were increased exponentially to look as though 2021 was not an abnormal year. This has been done without any transparency any press release, any statement of narrative, and sloppily in a way that makes the already unbelievable narrative simply impossible to believe, in addition to believing that every epidemiological report for five years was somehow completely tainted with false data, including during the first year of the pandemic itself, we would have to believe that the minute... They discover this from attorney Thomas Renz. They suddenly discover the exact numbers. A five-year mistake fixed overnight. Just take a look at the following statement given to the Epoch Times, the only other public comment delivered by an authorized Pentagon spokesman. Major Charlie Dietz said, and I quote, Comparing the DMED database to the source data contained in DMSS, AFHSD discovered that the total number of medical diagnoses from 2016 to 2020 that were accessible in DMED represented only a small fraction of actual medical diagnoses for those years. In contrast, the 2021 total number of medical diagnoses were up to date in DMED. Comparison of 2021 to 2016 through 2020 resulted in the appearance of significant increased occurrence of all medical diagnoses in 2021 because of the underreported data for 2016 through 2020. AFHSD has taken DMED offline to identify and correct the root cause of the data corruption, unquote. That's it. They're only concerned with downplaying any potentially any potential culpability of the vaccine, not explaining how they were flying blind, according to their official narrative, on such an important endeavor for so many years, just consider the fact that at last week's meeting of the CDC's Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices, officials revealed that they have been monitoring vaccine safety data from the DOD, among other places. You know what that means? The CDC was looking at data for months that showed insane safety signals and did nothing about it, and somehow nobody in HHS or the DOD all along thought the data was a glitch. Moreover, 
the DOD's new data, as presented on Attorney Renz's website, that was somehow updated so quickly is impossible to believe for a number of other reasons. He says, take a look at the top-line number of ICD codes in 2016 to 2020 as reflected in the data before the DOD tampered with it to input the new updated numbers. And he's got the screenshot. He says, here's the original data of total annual outpatient diagnoses and DMED before the Pentagon changed it. And here's the top-line tally for 2016-2020 based on the new numbers added. Well, it looks ridiculous. This is a bar graph presentation from Thomas Renz contrasting the 2016 to 2020 total outpatient ICD diagnosis codes in the military before the DOD change and after the change. As you can see, during a typical year, there are about 2 million diagnosis codes jumping almost tenfold in 2021. However, based on the changes made last week, 2021 is exactly in line with every other year. Even though 2021 remains slightly lower, the data does not include numbers from December. Here's a problem with such an alleged presentation of the data. Putting the vaccines aside, the DOD's new model would literally erase the existence of COVID off the face of the planet as if we never had the biggest pandemic of our lifetime. Even if the vaccine never caused a single doctor's visit, COVID alone had to increase the codes. Yes, the military is generally very young, and deaths and hospitalizations were relatively low, but it's impossible to believe that, especially during the vicious Delta outbreak since the summer, there was no increase in COVID-related doctor's visits. Just how long, pardon me, just long COVID alone had to register a meaningful increase. And ironically, the Biden administration is forcing a vaccine mandate for a virus that, according to this alleged new data, didn't cause even a 1% increase in baseline outpatient doctor's visits this year. The data originally reflected on DMED that was downloaded by the whistleblowers a few weeks ago makes much more sense because it accommodates both COVID and vaccine injury, which would explain the unprecedented increase. Now, obviously, COVID alone can't explain all the increases because some of the specific data points presented have already been associated with the vaccine injury per the vaccine adverse event reporting system and other studies as opposed to the virus. More fundamentally, it is simply ludicrous to suggest that there are this many diagnoses in the military in a given year. All active duty soldiers have to be medically screened. Obesity, diabetes, and heart conditions are very rare. And the population is generally very young. If we really have over 20 million diagnoses every year in the military, consisting of about 1.4 million active duty personnel, there's something seriously wrong. And that in itself is a huge story. This is remarkable. This is remarkable. Daniel Horowitz over the blaze. And the article is entitled, the Pentagon's response to the explosive DOD medical data is an even bigger story than the data. Just absolutely remarkable. All right, got to, I love this part of the show. I love this part of the show. 
We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. It's the Doc Washburn Show Tweet of the Day. And it's brought to you by RedRiverYourWay.com. Red River Your Way, a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy the car, truck, van, or SUV online the way you want to and have it delivered to your front door anywhere in the continental United States of America. All right, today's Tweet of the Day is from Christina Peshaw. She is the wonderful communications director for Governor Ron DeSantis in Florida, the kind of governor that millions of Americans wish they had in their own state, including the state I happen to be in right now, Arkansas. Here's what she says. Wherever Democrats hang on to power after this November, there will be mask mandates, school closures, and continued requirements to show your papers at restaurants next winter. No matter what they say before the election, this is what will happen. Democrats, if you disagree with me, then it's easy to change my mind. Simply admit lockdowns and mandates were harmful. Simply admit lockdowns and mandates violated civil liberties. And simply admit lockdowns and mandates didn't accomplish anything. Otherwise, you're leaving the option on the table. Ain't that the truth? Christina Peshaw, wonderful communications director for the best governor in America, Ron DeSantis of Florida. And that is today's Tweet of the Day, brought to you by RedRiverYourWay.com, the big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom. RedRiverYourWay.com. Now, I don't know. I don't know if you're aware of this, but Jimmy Carter is out there on Politico.com saying that a full investigation would show that Donald Trump didn't actually win the election in 2016. Jimmy Carter says Donald Trump lost the election and he was put into office because the Russians interfered on his behalf. You know that? Mia Farrow, formerly famous actress, is tweeting that. And uh, Daryl Hannah, Neil Young's better half, responded something I've always suspected or maybe hoped. She says it's just so awful to think that so many might have actually voted for that cheesy comment. Now, I thought that if you questioned the validity of a presidential election, that you were some kind of horrible person. But now you got Jimmy Carter and Hollywood still saying that Putin helped Trump steal it in 2016. How about that? How about that? Uh, By the way, have you ever told somebody he should take his own advice? Has anyone ever told you you should take your own advice, reminding you 
of something that you said? I don't know when he said it, but Joe Rogan said this at some point. And you made a really good point. You said, the thing is, if you censor yourself just 1%, you say, I'll just censor myself 1%. That's what they want. I'm going to make them happy. And then they're just going to keep moving it. They're just going to keep moving it forward, and moving, the goal forward moving the goalposts and providing you with more money and giving you more things, but keep moving it in a certain direction. And if you keep giving into it, they're going to have a hold of you and they can control you. That's right. That's right. I ain't gonna lie, fam. That's the truth. That is the truth. And somehow or another, he needs to get back to that. Oh, my goodness. Um, Comedian Heather McDonald collapses on stage, fractures her skull after declaring she's triple vaxxed. That's awful. Now, this is interesting. I don't know this guy from Adam. Uh, Joel Brise, author on Twitter. But I certainly like his Twitter profile. It's a quote from Ecclesiastes. I only wanted to live in accord with the promptings which came from my true self. Why was that so very difficult? Wow. He says, 50 years from now, Democrats will claim they were the party against masks and vaccine mandates and that the party switched. You know? just like they claim the party switched in the 60s on civil rights and racism. Yeah. No question about it. No question about it. You know, I before I get out of here, a couple more things I... Uh, I want to say you got people criticizing you got people looking for reasons to demonize Rogan Margaret Sullivan is a media columnist over at the Washington Post And she's got a new op-ed out. She says, my former colleague, the beloved Miguel Rodriguez, died last Monday at age 47. She says, I don't know if he ever listened to Joe Rogan's podcast. I do know that with 900,000 Americans dead of covid The misinformation spread there is inexcusable. And she has her op-ed column 
entitled I'm Disgusted by Joe Rogan's Weak Apology. My former colleague's death at 47 makes it worse. Subtitle, People Are Dying Because of COVID Misinformation That Spotify Packages as Glib Podcast Fodder. Now, there's a great commentator named Yossi Gestetner who decided to respond to her because she has a picture of her colleague who died the other day at 47, and he's morbidly obese. And Yossi Gestetner says, People with lower BMIs tend to have less comorbidities and thus a better chance to withstand COVID-19. Many COVID deaths are among the jabbed. In other words, in other words, a lot of people vaccinated are dying of COVID. He says, imagine how many lives could have been saved if there was also a focus on healthy living and on early care. Vaccine fanatics and mask pushers like you falsely assumed that being jabbed, being masked is a fix for all and choked off things that pre-COVID were normal to talk about and to focus on. Healthy living, better immune, early care for the infected, and better hospital care and access. He says, do you know why your co-worker wasn't vaccinated? Regardless, why didn't you encourage him to focus on his health his immune system being healthier means a better chance to withstand COVID-19. Did he receive early care once infected or was he left to wither away as many others were? Also, a friend doesn't blame the friend for dying from a global pandemic that already infected billions, killed many millions, killed many vaccinated people, albeit at a lower rate and a health system that does little to encourage healthy living and early care. It doesn't enter Margaret Sullivan's mind that she may have caused her friend's death because her movement shuts down any focus on healthy living and early care because they are convinced that being jabbed and being masked is the fix to all COVID problems. And then the first comment is from a guy who says, these are the same people who celebrate morbidly obese models. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they certainly are. Wow. Wow. So, um... It's kind of funny. Chris Wallace left Fox News recently to go over to something called CNN Plus. And uh, now he's upset because the guy who brought him over, Zucker, is out and he's sitting there with no staff.
Uh, Jonah Goldberg. Jonah Goldberg, the guy who left uh, Fox News uh, as a matter of principle, joined CNN. How about that? Bonchi at Red State says Jonah Goldberg is so principled that he just joined CNN after the sexual harassment and pedophile scandals and after Jeff Zucker had to resign. Wow. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? You know, I just wonder. I just wonder if things are ever going to change in my adopted home state of Arkansas. You know, people used to call my local radio talk show begging for somebody to primary this horrible rhino, French Hill, who blames Donald Trump for the violence on January 6th. And so now there is a primary opponent, my friend Colonel Conrad Reynolds. And people were begging for somebody to primary the rhino John Bozeman who also blamed Trump for January 6th violence. That is people who are, who've heard of Bozeman. He keeps so in the, in, in the background. A lot of people in Arkansas don't even know who he is. Um, but uh, Jan Morgan is challenging John Bozeman. And then people were so excited that Sarah Huckabee Sanders, former White House press secretary for Donald Trump, is running for governor. And now, again, I don't mean to beat a dead horse here, but she's endorsing all the wrong people. And hundreds of comments on her Facebook page are like, well, no, wait a minute, i got to re- rethink my support for you. Problem is, unless somebody, unless somebody registers to uh, challenge Sarah in the Republican primary for governor, she's going to be your governor. And uh, I guess it'll just be a repeat of the last couple of Republican governors, Hazel Hutchinson, Mike Huckabee. More of the same. So it'll be interesting to see if anybody does challenge Sarah and her $12 million war chest. Just a thought. Just a thought. Pray for our country. We certainly need it. We absolutely need it. 
God has been gracious to us before. Again, when I first came to Arkansas back in 2014, people would call my local radio talk show and say, Doc, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but Hillary's going to be president. She's going to get elected in 2016. There's nothing we can do about it. Oh, Doc, you don't understand, man. Been in Arkansas all my life and uh, seen what Bill and Hillary got away with. And trust me, by hook or by crook, one way or the other, she's going to be get elected. And I think in the back of their minds, even though they didn't say it at the time, they were expecting somebody like Jeb Bush to be the Republican nominee and just roll over for, for Hillary. And he would have. Oh, trust me, he would have. Nobody thought that Donald Trump was going to come down the golden escalator and take it away from her. And again, the libs still can't wrap their minds around the fact that more people wanted him than wanted Hillary. But they insist, they insist that we agree that 81 million people voted for Joe Biden, millions more than ever voted for Obama. Joe Biden, a guy who couldn't get 100 people to show up at a lot of his rallies. It's a lie. And hardly anybody in conservative media on Fox News or uh, right-wing talk radio is allowed to say it, but they stole it. They stole the election in 2020. It's obvious. And I'm so thankful that when the Lord closed the door for me and terrestrial talk radio, he opened this door. And they can't censor me anymore. And I'm thankful for this opportunity. Again, um, hope to see you tomorrow night. Hope to see you Tuesday night at 6 at the Saline County Republican Headquarters 125 North Market Street in Benton. I'll be there introducing my friend, next congressman from Central Arkansas, Colonel Conrad Reynolds. So come on out and see us. You've been listening to the 82nd episode of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. Today's program has been produced by Tim Terrible, directed by Mick Messy. This has been a terribly messy production. Portions of today's show will be taken overseas and dropped. If you'd like a transcript of today's episode, of the all-new Doc Washburn show, simply peel the roof off a Rolls-Royce panel truck and send it to Mansour's Computer Solutions, 7th floor of the Ephemeral B. Smooth Building, Whitehall, Arkansas, in care of Sheriff Mansour Sempier Tenth. Well, that's the way it is. Monday, February 7th, 2022.